I've got a dude right now that's 14 years old from South Africa that's doing six figures a month online. 14 years old in South Africa, a really rough country where you're on the wrong side of the fence right now over there. They will kill you. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. This episode is marked explicit because there is some strong language either by myself or my guest or both. So if the little ones are around and you don't want them hearing explicit language, please put your headphones on or listen another time. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community where we are proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance and prosperity in family, faith, finances, and fitness. And you can do this on your way to having more. And regardless of what you've been told or even what you've told yourself, it's okay to want more. Now, on your way to obtaining more, you have to give a lot. You have to give of yourself. You have to give of your time, treasures, and talents. And you even have to give up some blood, sweat, and tears. And our featured guest today is no stranger to any of that. This conversation is very impactful for me, and I know it is going to be for you, and it's going to be for all of those that you share this episode with. Make sure you share this episode and any other episode that you absolutely love and got something out of. Share Men of Abundance with everyone in your circle so they too can experience these life-enhancing conversations. And if you're really getting something out of Men of Abundance, I would greatly appreciate it if you took one or two minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes or whatever podcast player or podcast catcher that you're listening to this on. That simple task makes a huge difference in the ratings so that more people can find Men of Abundance when they are searching for any of the categories of these conversations. Now, some men fold and give up in the face of adversity. Many call it quits after just a few kick-in-the-gut moments but not the abundant man, and certainly not our featured guest today. As with many Men of Abundance featured guests, Ryan not only got kicked in the gut, but he got kicked in the balls more than once. Each time, he came back and came back stronger than before. Our featured guest today is the CEO and founder of Hardcore Closer and Break Free Academy. He's a four-time best-selling author, motivational speaker, sales coach, podcast host, blogger, and all-around entrepreneur. He's also a regular contributor to Forbes, Entrepreneur, Addicted to Success, Good Men Project, Lighter Side of Real Estate, Huffington Post, and many more. You can find out much more about our future guest and watch a video at forceofaverage.com. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Ryan Stuman. Ryan, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? What's going on, Wally, man? I'm glad to be here. I uh, couldn't be any better, to be honest with you, man. It's been a good day so far, and, and it's only going to get better as we drop some bombs on this show here. Sounds good, man. Where are you at in the world? I am in Dallas, Texas, man. Mm. The greatest place in America, I believe. I know uh, a lot of Texans feel strong about our state, man. I'm probably the, the biggest bleeding heart Texan you'll ever run into, man. <laughs> Well, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, but I became a Texan uh, when I was stationed in San Antonio, Texas, uh, because that year uh, Arizona start, decided to start taking uh, taxes, uh, state taxes from me <laughs> as a as a um, active duty army. So I went and got my Texas license and became a Texan back in the early 90s or mid 90s about. And uh, I love Texas. I've lived in San Antonio El Paso, Colleen, Texas. I'll, I take El Paso over Colleen, but San Antonio is one of my favorite places in the world, quite frankly. Yes, so. definitely a good place, man. Very, very few rules. It truly is like the wild, wild west here when it comes to government and stuff like that. And uh, I enjoyed it. I was actually listening to David Goggins' uh, book, Can't Hurt Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, amazing book, dude. You got to get that. And uh, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to <clears throat> be somewhat friends with him. We, we, uh, have met up a few times and text pretty regularly. But anyway, in his book, he was talking about more Navy SEALs come from Texas than any other state and than most of the other states combined. So mm. 
he's he was saying in the book, there's something in the barbecue down there with them Texas boys. <laughs> no, that's true, and and it's the the same is just about true as far as I know. I was in the special ops community for quite a while when I was in the army, and and quite a few special ops, just special ops in general, come from Texas. So that's interesting to know. I, I would like to see the information on that as far as special ops, but that's interesting. David's a hardcore dude, man. I dig following his stuff. I haven't heard of that that last book you mentioned. So um, it just came out Monday. Monday. Did it really? Yeah, yeah, dude. It's one of the best books I've ever read. I'm about halfway through with it, and and I already know the story because I was fortunate enough to be coached by David. Uh, that's not norm. That's not his thing. You know what I mean? But I kind of me being the hardcore closer kind of closed my way into making that happen and. We, uh, he coached me for about six months, man, and, and uh, totally changed my life from a, a, a way of looking at things. And the book was a good reminder of a lot of the things that he taught me. Really good book, man. Definitely recommend it. Actually, I bought 50 copies to hand out to people. So Nice. Yeah, the benefits of being bold, man. We're going to get into that here in just a minute. I like to start out the conversation before we get too much into it with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Ryan? You know, first thing I do every single morning when I open my eyes is say five things that I'm grateful for. Uh, this morning, it was a good night's sleep because it's been a minute since I had one. <laughs> and uh, mm. we had a great day in sales yesterday. And uh, right now, nobody in my family is sick, which is a big deal because we've all been we've all been attacked by some, you know, kids carry viruses like rats, man. You know, so if like one of your kids, I have three kids, if one of them gets sick, the whole family can go down, man. And, uh, and that's what happened to us about a week ago. So I'm glad that we're all in good health. We're making sales and, uh, and making things happen over here today. Very nice. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, by the way, too. That's freaking huge. I celebrate with you, man. I love celebrating in other people's wins. And, uh, man, that's just sweet. Yeah, you know, when, when you own a business, there, the shit's going to hit the fan at some point at least once a day. And uh, usually it's first thing in the morning because people do chargebacks and stuff like that overnight, typically, or mm-hmm. uh, any kind of employee quits. They typically do so after hours. And, and just, just the things that happen is, as a business owner, and I know that there's going to be some sort of struggle every day, usually waiting in my inbox in one form or another. And so I just make sure I start my day off with the right mindset. If not, then I'll let that other stuff get to me. Damn straight. Absolutely. So how would you describe yourself, Ryan? Well, like, uh, what do you mean? Like what I do or physically? Or... No, you as a person. You <laughs> well, a I am a strikingly handsome five foot ten, 200 pound Texan. <laughs> and, and while I wouldn't uh, disagree with that, uh, let's go a little bit deeper. Well, you know, uh, I'm somebody who didn't come from, you know, silver spoon beginnings. I, I came from uh, very humble beginnings. And, and actually at a young age, my family had money and then lost it. And so at a young age, I adopted a subconscious mindset of easy come, easy go. And like most people spent most of my professional salesperson career making money and spending it uh, as fast as I could. And I've uh, been through some catastrophic Incidents in my lifetime, such as being adopted uh, after fam- rich family gets becomes broke, <clears throat> dad left, stepdad adopted me, uh, mom and stepdad had other other child, and and it was just like a weird time as a kid. Changed my name, all the kids made fun of me, that kind of stuff, and uh, was born Ryan McCord, which is kind of a cool last name, and now it's Stuman, which is kind of not a cool last name. I've uh, had to work really hard on that, <laughs> make it seem cool, right? But let's just be real, and so. Uh, you know, young age got like most people that have been adopted and drop out of school. I got on drugs, started selling drugs, ended up going where most people that are on and sell drugs go. And, uh, that's prison and went there for two years when I was like 19 or 20, I think I was 20 years old, got out, got a job at a car wash, got my stuff together. was just going to work my way up the corporate, the quote unquote corporate ladder of this car wash. And one of the clients offered me a job in, in finance. And I was like, you know, dude, I don't even have a checking account. Like, I'm, I'm not a finance guy. I have my trucks paid off cash and I don't have a credit card or checking account. Like, this is, I'm not your guy, you know? And she's like, oh, no, we can teach you everything. And, you know, worst case scenario, you quit, the car wash is going to take you back. There's nobody here working like you. So, you know, let's, uh, let's give it a try. So she convinced me. And within a short period of time, I'd made a few sales and made more money than I'd ever made in any given year long period of my life, let alone a couple of month period. And it opened my eyes to a whole new, new world, you know? And, uh, again, I had these demons from when I was a kid thinking I wasn't good enough. So I got rid of money, got rid of money and 
bought a bunch of things and, and flashy stuff. And the cops thought I was selling drugs again and uh, kicked my door in. Didn't have any drugs. It's easy to get a warrant once you got a record, right? Did, didn't have any drugs, but I did have a gun. And uh, there's some weird snafus in the Texas laws and the federal laws, kind of like there is with marijuana right now. Long story short, I ended up going back to prison for 15 months, got out. $25 to my name, walked in damn near a millionaire, walked out $25 to my name, had to move in with my mama and my stepdad, who I really don't care for too much, and but didn't have anywhere else to go. Moved in with them. It was holy hell, but I got my shit together, got back in the mortgage business, made a bunch of money. And in 2010, I lost my ability to originate mortgages because mortgages went from being a state-issued license to the feds. Obviously, I'd just come out of federal prison for the a gun charge. And so I'm out a job. And that's how I got forced into this whole internet marketing world. And at first I start off in the internet marketing world is helping loan officers. I was one of the top loan officers in the country in 2009 when the world was falling apart in the mortgage com com uh, corporations. I did 183 loans all by myself without a team or anything like that. And so I started teaching loan officers how to do what I did. And from there, you know, it was, it was, okay, it didn't like ever really blow up. I never made millions of dollars in a year or anything until I really started understanding this whole mindset behind winning and breaking things down into really simple, simple, easy to understand things. So I have a big bleeding heart for the sales community because I've been a part of it for forever. And I see so many of us abuse ourselves with drugs and good months followed by bad months and getting rich and then getting divorced or making a bunch of money and then developing bad habits and giving up on our health and working so much we never see our families and abandon our kids and stuff like that, man. So I just set out to be more than just a sales coach, right? Be more than just a guy that can help generate leads, but be a guy that can help you build your business, but also make sure that you're building your life up too. Cause you could have the, we hear it all the time. Like we know wealthy people are out there with billions of dollars that are completely miserable. And I, I feel like a lot of that is because of the lack of mindset and principles that I teach that I help people out that wouldn't normally get these tools. Man, there's a lot to unload there, man. And I'm not even going to try to unload everything. Guys, listen, this is a perfect example right here of somebody who has taken multiple skills and combined that with mindset, added value to many people. I have I have friends in my background, and I've talked to many other men who say, I can't do this because I have a record. I can't do that because they won't let me. I can't do this because I don't have the information or, or the right people are, are, you know, the wrong people are in the way or the right people aren't in the way. Look, stop all the fucking excuses, man. This guy, Ryan, just laid it out for you straight and clear specifically what it takes to be a man. And I'm not talking about pulling your, you know, you can use all the analogies you want and all the verbiage, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, whatever, but you got to stop the excuses and just make it happen, man. You know, a lot of times people ask me like, how do you go through all that? And, you know, it, it was just focused. I was focused on winning despite and it's just like you see guys that, and I'm nowhere near comparing my struggle to theirs because everybody's struggle is unique. But I mean, we see, there was a video yesterday I saw on Facebook and a dude that had no arms and no legs was mm -hmm. playing Xbox with his mouth and his chin and he was kicking ass, right? Yeah. And the thing is, he never said, oh, because I don't have arms and legs, I want to, I can't play Xbox. He went, damn it, I want to play Xbox. I got to figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you think the first time he picked it up with his chin, he didn't immediately die? Hell yeah, of course he immediately died. Right. Like the second time that he gets in his character again, of course he fails the level. He's got to practice and get used to using his chin to guide that stuff. Well, a lot of people are scared to put in that practice. They think, oh, I don't have any arms or any legs, so I just I can't be good at, at business. I can't play video games. Right. They think, oh, I have a criminal record or I've been divorced or I've got a business partner that's got some dirt on me. Like, I, I just, I can't do it in business. For me, I just thought, hey, shit, you know, I would like to make a lot of money. Uh, you know, I know what it's like not to have it. And I know what it's like to have it. And I like having it. So I'm just going to do whatever it takes to make a lot of money. And if someone says, hey, you know what? You're a felon. You can't do that. I would be like, says who? You know what I mean? Like, I got my rights back when I got out of prison. I served my time. It's not like there's probation or parole hanging over me or anything else. I served my time out. So when I walked out of there, I got every right back. I can vote. I can own guns. I can do whatever the fuck that I want, right? So there's nothing that said, and it's not like I had an embarrassing 
crime, like I got caught, you know, with a little kid or, or I raped somebody or I murdered somebody or I stole a bunch of money. I mean, fuck, dude, I got caught with guns and drugs. That's like the goddamn American dream. You know, I just like it didn't didn't happen right for me. We watch movies about this shit all the time. It just didn't work out for me. So I'm never going to let that hold me back because I already done it. There's nothing I can do to go back and 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 change all that shit. So I might as well just own the fact that it is. And the truth is, it's nothing that I'm I'm really embarrassed of anyway. Hadn't I done something like stealing from people or robbing people or something that, that was, you know, morally unethical? Yeah, you know, I'd probably be a little embarrassed of that, but I still would have pushed on and I would have had a damn good story of why I did it because that's how I operate. But at the same time, it's like, dude, I got caught with drugs when I was a teenager. Tell me you didn't do drugs when you were a teenager in the 90s, right? Like most people did. I just got caught with them. Same thing. I got caught with a gun. Hell, I didn't even know it was illegal or I wouldn't have had the damn thing. Yeah. And so it's something that I've I've always just looked at it that way. It's like I could look at it and go, dude, people find out that I got caught with drugs, man. It's over. But most people's crimes are behind drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, even sometimes the robbing and stealing crimes that we get, the shit happened behind drugs. And most people have a bleeding heart for that because they understand it's an epidemic in our country anyway. And yeah. so, you know, we, we worry about all this judgment when really the people who judge you the most are the people who do the same shit that you did. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm glad you brought up the judgment as well. Now, I can't really say I did it in the 90s, but I can say I did it in the 80s. (laughs) I'm a little (laughs) bit older. (laughs) But, but uh, we'll just leave that there. But listen, the thing is, too, is, is, like you talk about judgment, I hear people all the time, and I have, you know, conversations with friends and, and, you know, close family members and stuff. And I'm like, they're saying, well, I can't believe this, that and the other, my kids, I said, get off your damn high horse. You did the same shit when you was that age and worse. So you got to have a little bit of, you know, you got to be, give, give them a break, you know, cause you did the same thing. And like I said, even worse. So there's so many, and that's one of the things that drives me nuts. I learned this. I was talking with um, one of my past guests. Uh, I think of his name in just a minute, Cameron Harold. He's from, he's one of the guys that brought um, you um, 1-800-GOT-JUNK up into the multi-millions as a CFO in Canada and he's from Canada and he said one thing and this is when I figured I realized this was he said in Canada when felons get out there's no record as far as he says I've never verified this but according to what he says there's no record so you can go out when you apply for a job you don't they don't even ask you have you ever been convicted of of a felony or anything of that nature have you ever been you know in prison or whatever they don't ask you that because you've served your time if you're out then who cares you served your time. That's who you were, not who you are. But in the United States, it's different. They ask that if you've ever been convicted, if you've ever, you know, these type of things. And it's a discriminator. And why should it be? It just doesn't make sense because we all make mistakes and we all grow from that. Yep. You know, and, and it, it's uh, it's big business in America, you know. So half the it time is. you see somebody with a crazy ass record, the shit they did is not even that wild like. When I got sentenced to the feds, they do something called um, a PSI, a pre-sentencing investigation. They basically, you know, tell their side, like the, the, the government side of the story to the judge of why you're such a bad person. And the judge reads it and you have no way to rebut it. I mean, it's so it's such it's so rigged against you. It's like they can talk all this crazy shit about you and you can't even defend yourself. And 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 you can't sway the judge's opinion on you, but they can preset what what they should think. And obviously the judge who's supposed to be non-biased is always on the the state or the federal government's team. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm reading this pre-sentence investigation and dude, they made me sound like a monster. I mean, like, like all sorts of crazy stuff that was, that, that was true, but the way that they spun it wasn't at all. Like one time I got caught with a joint and a shotgun. Well, I, it was also 5.45 in the morning, and I was wearing a damn camouflage, and it was September 2nd, and I was going dove hunting, right? So, like, you know, hell, I wasn't going to, you know, go get high off a reefer and go rob a bank. Shit, I'm dressed in all camouflage, about to go shoot some dove, and when I'm done, I'm probably going to smoke a joint, you know? It's like, But their story was like no telling where he was going, and he was armed with multiple shots of shit. We probably saved a life. I'm like, fuck, dude, that's not the only life you saved for some birds I was going to shoot that day. Damn, I'm a country boy. Like, calm down you know but again i don't get to present that side of it so it is it's very like uh stigmatic in in america and i, and I know a lot of people get held back because i get messages every day in my inbox of people 
saying things like, dude, because of you just being who you are and allowing me to own up my shit, dude, I feel so much better. My life is so much better. I'm able to like, I guess I feel like I've shoved the world off my shoulders. I've been going with this huge backpack full of weight on my back, man. And I feel like I just sat it down. I see it every single day in my inbox, man. Cause I know the world tries this, this algorithm on this planet, the force of average, it tries to keep you average in one of those ways it says oh well, you're a convicted felon you're not supposed to be extraordinary oh yeah you're right i'll just stay in my lane here and be a loser because i made a mistake 20 years ago right i mean that's what 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 happens to most people mm-hmm. and my mistake was 20 years ago i was 19 years old when i got in trouble for the first time it's come back to haunt me a few times but i mean shit that was 20 years ago i can't still be worried about i'm twice as old as I was back then when it happened, you know? And, and so it's not something that I can really get focused on, but the force of average will have you do that. And they'll have you say, Oh, you've been divorced. You deserve to be alone. Oh, you lost your job and got fired. You wouldn't, you're not smart enough to start your own job. Oh, you've been convicted of this. They're never going to let a felon get in the Illuminati or whatever these things that the force of average tells people in your mind to keep you, you know, going, well, shit, I, I won't strive for greatness. I'll just be okay. I'll just be good. And man, good is the biggest thief when it comes to great that there is. Like you said, you, you open up your bag, you let it out because there's so many people out there. Many of you guys that are listening, you have stuff in your bag that you won't let out and it stresses you out because you're someday you're just afraid of this, whether it's going to happen or not. It's on your mind. Somebody's going to figure you out. Somebody's going to find out. And when it's, when somebody figures you out, it's just like if you do something be on somebody's back and you don't, if you don't go tell them somebody else is going to, it's worse because now not only did you do that, now you're a liar and all this other stuff. So I just, my point is, is I trust guys who put their stuff out there like that and, and just fess up to it. Not, and then of course, you know, you've turned your mess into a message and you know, you're, you're a, a frequent contributor to many resources that I personally subscribe to. One of which is the good men project absolutely love that um what kind of stuff do you share like for instance with the good man project that is that goes out there to lift other people up usually stuff about being a dad on there you know um i contribute to them probably once a quarter forbes is another one uh but and and i like the good man project but i usually talk about family uh dad stuff you know like being a busy dad or an entrepreneur and a father. It's been, I write so much content. It's been a while since I've written from them. I'm trying to think what my last article was even about. I'll have to look that up because I'd be interested in sharing some, a link for that uh, in there as well, because um, I've been, I've been um, following the good men project or for quite some time. In fact, I think they have a ton of readers, yeah, you know, well, yeah, they have absolutely. a ton of readers. Anyhow, brother, um, man. So you unloaded a lot of good stuff there and you really got into the kick in the gut moment as well. And I always try to highlight on that, but you really touched on that and, and got in there and, and really just kind of laid it all out there. And I greatly appreciate you sharing that, man, because a lot of these guys need to hear that kind of stuff. And they need to hear those t- these conversations and look in on themselves and really kind of pay attention to what's going on in their life and realize, one, other guys have similar experiences and realize that these guys like yourself are getting through it and not holding you back. What do you feel has been the, the greatest contributor to your life as far as mentors, coaches, consultants, or anything of that nature? What do you feel has been the biggest contributor to you personally that has helped you get out of some of those ruts that you've been in? Uh, honestly, my ability to focus, which is kind of hilarious because, you know, my whole life, teachers and parents and, you know, role models told me, you know, this kid's ADD. I, I, my sons, I have three sons. They get it now. And... And I'm like, it's it's not true. But what happens is, and I've told this story a few times from the stage. It's like when I was young, I told you my family had little money. They weren't stupid rich or like FU money, but they 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 were little, you know, little town big ballers, right? Let's just put it that way. We live in a town about 1,500 people, and they're probably top five rich people there, which ain't really saying shit, but you know, mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you think you you run shit at that level, right? And so we. Uh, we have a horse farm with hundreds of horses, right? My my real dad does cutting horses, and, and my grandpa had a little money, so they bought horses to provide for my dad and stuff like that. Well, when these horses, you know, I rode horses all the way up till I was 10 years old and uh, could probably still get on one today and manage it pretty well. Matter of fact, I think I rode one in Oklahoma earlier this year. 
But uh, just saying, I still got it. Just that's what you, as a man, I've just got to point that back out there. But so, <laughs> but these horses, when we would train them when they were young, because my dad, he was like the world champion. So, and he was, you know, when you're a little man, your dad's your hero. So you watch uh, what they do. You want to be just like him. So he trains these ponies, these colts, and they tie the reins around the poles or barn fences or whatever so that the horse doesn't run off, right? Put a halter on them tie them up the little ponies or colts they're always jerking and trying to get away with this by the time a horse is grown up you can just throw the reins over uh the side of the rail you don't even have to tie the damn things the horse thinks it's tied it doesn't even try to pull away from it because at a young age it was taught that it uh anytime the reins were on a pole it couldn't escape it well the force of average kind of does that to us as human beings when we're young our teachers say you can't pay attention you can't focus you talk too much you can't be still, which when you become an adult, shit, not being still, you know, talking a lot, shit, that's how you make money in sales, mm-hmm. you know, like what kind of counter. Sure, if I want to be a no disrespect to teacher, but sure, if I want to be a teacher that makes forty to $60,000 a year, I probably need to be still and boring and, and not talk that much. But if I want to go out and be a professional that changes the world or at least the world around me, I'm going to have to have a lot of energy and I'm going to have to have the gift of gab, right? And so – we're taught these things. For me, they always said he can't focus. He's got ADD and they put me on drugs and everything else. And so, you know, hell, I grew up half my adult life going, ah, hell, I don't know. I guess I had an ADD moment. It's just something for me to blame the shit on when the truth is I'm like one of the most focused people on the planet. And so are my kids. The teacher complains my kid don't pay attention in class. I'm like, he's not focused in class because your class is boring. Mm-hmm. I've watched watch like six hours of TV without blinking before. You know, like he's focused when something's entertaining to him. But, you know, if you're going to be a boring teacher, you can't expect the kids to focus on boring stuff. Because when they get into the corporate world, Google and places that are hiring kids right now, youngsters, when they go in there, it's a very fun and very focused, entertaining atmosphere. It's not some boring classroom setting. That shit's from the 30s, 40s and 50s. It's not factory workers anymore. It's guys that are coding for tech and sales professionals and traveling influencers. Do we live in a different world? They're not even teaching the shit that goes on today. And so, you know, I was like that horse as an older age. I, You know, you didn't even have to tie me up. You just throw the reins around it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I had an ADD moment. But then I realized that like people tell me how you stay so focused, how you stay so focused. And I start realizing, shit, I am focused. I'm very focused. I'm able, I'm able to focus on exactly what needs to be done and not quit until it's over with every single day. And I've learned how to train my brain and everything else. Then I start realizing the reason why everybody tells you that you can't focus is because if you're distracted, that's when the force of average has you. Like you've read the book, The Secret, probably the law of attraction is a real thing, but it's not something where you just put it on a board and focus on it. What it is, is is like, I'll tell you a story. The first time I bought an exotic car, it was a Maserati and my very first one. And I'd never seen another Maserati like it on the street. But as soon as I'm driving it around, I start seeing these little Maseratis pop up everywhere. I'm like, shit, seems like everybody got a damn Maserati. So I traded it for a McLaren. I've never seen a McLaren on the road. Shit, I start seeing McLarens everywhere. I just parked last week next to a McLaren at the place I was eating, some <laughs> random restaurant, right? Because all of a sudden I'm focused on on what I want and what I have, I start to see it more. And that happens no matter what kind of car that you have. Well, so when you get focused in on what you want, you can have whatever. It's the most powerful tool that we have on this planet, but the force of average tries to keep you distracted. It sends 4,000 advertisements a day your way. It tries to get you to be distracted when you're on social media. It distracts you with arguments and drama and negativity and trolls and haters and everything else because if you get focused on what you want, you will make that shit happen. So I've learned to be able to train my brain to get focused on exactly what I want to make it happen. Here's what I've done. When I decided that I wanted to get married to the woman of my dreams, I wrote down exactly what the woman of my dreams would be like. This was in 2014. I did not know my wife. And I wrote it down. I even put that on, you know, a few days a week. She goes to yoga class. She goes and has dinner and drinks at least once a month with her friends. Last night, my wife was having dinner and drinks with her friends. She goes to yoga class a few times a week. And and these and I'm just giving you a small example of how detailed I was. And now I have that person. And she's not doing that because she read it and wants to please me. She's doing that because that's who she is. And she showed up in my life. Same thing when I wanted to run the perfect business. I wrote down how the structure would work, every position, every employee, every salary, everything. We start putting it together. Starts working out, starts firing on all cylinders. It takes off for us, right? When I write down the perfect position, so I wanted to hire a sales manager a few weeks ago. I described this person to a team. 
when we got down to the person that we hired, I handed the piece of paper to the person. I said, is this you? Let her make her own decision because I'm focused. And so what the force of average does, it tries to keep you distracted because when you're distracted, you can't get anything because you don't have anything to get because you're not focused on it. I hope I'm making sense here. And so I would say my biggest, uh, the biggest thing that I've I've learned, taken away, and it's it's come from a culmination of mentors. It's come from a, a culmination of seminars and books. And, you know, I'm somebody who's put in, if it requires 10,000 to be an expert, I've put in 100,000. And so, you know, the, the focus is what I've been able to boil this whole thing down to. It's uh, been the biggest asset that, that we all have, not just me. It's just learning how to tap into it. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, for you analytical minds out there who are saying this is all woo-woo stuff, I'm telling you, there's science behind what Ryan's talking about. Two things, the reticulated activating system, your RAS, that's what's going on when you the 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 stories he told about his car and then when the just the perfect example that i've given so many times is when you want something write it down be extremely detailed even if it's the woman that you want in your life or the partner that you want in your business so on and so forth this stuff is it's it if and you got to take get that into your emotions you got to get that into your gut out of your head into your heart into your emotions and feel it and that's when you start um, dealing with neuro-linguistic programming. You're literally programming your mind to see the things that you want and you're attracting that into your life. I'm telling you, there's science behind what Ryan is talking about right now. And a lot of guys do this and don't even realize the science behind it. They just have faith that it's going to happen. So if anything, if you have faith in yourself and faith in your abilities to make your life better and to change yourself and change your mind and change your life have and attract the things in the life you want, if anything, have faith. But also know there's science behind what he's talking about right here. So, man, thanks for sharing that. That is huge. And I love those stories that you shared. Yeah, man, I had no idea there was science behind it. I just, you know, <laughs> I know what's what's worked for me. And, I, and I'm just a simple dude. You know, I have an eighth grade education, so I look at things through like, you know, the eyes of an eighth grader, to be honest with you. And, you know, when I went to prison the first time they had me take an IQ test, my IQ was like 70 something. And, you know, I just, and, but my street IQ, I, I couldn't do their little puzzles or whatever, but my street IQ, I figure shit out really quick. And, and I've got to make it simple in order to understand it. Cause I have a simple mind. So I know you talk about the reticular activator and all that other stuff. I'm just like, focus, you know, man, if you can get this in, you start telling yourself that you can focus and you start getting focused on the things like ask yourself, like, how focused can I get? So focus is having a vision. And then, OK, so you can focus even more by having a kinesthetic connection to that vision by writing it down. You can focus even more by saying what you wrote down out loud because you have to. This is how you program your subconscious mind. So really simple for me. I have to say what you see so you can hear what you said. And so you see something, you've written it down, you see it, you say it out loud, your ears hear it. What you've done is you've processed through all of your sensory of what it is. So every morning when I re wake up, I say I'm grateful for five things because I'm saying what I see so I can hear what I say. I'm programming my subconscious to be grateful. It's a lot better than waking up and going, fuck, Trump's still president or ah, blah, 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 like mm -hmm. the things that people get mad about, right? Instead, I'm waking up going, hey, this is how I program my mind to be grateful. Then the next thing I do is I read my core values to myself. And again, I'm saying these things and my core values are things that define who I am and they remind me who I am. And so I'm programming my subconscious that this is who I am and this is what I have to be grateful for because of who I am. And that's how I start my day every single day. And again, basically, I'm just saying what I see so I can hear what I say so that my brain's taking it from every angle possible, convincing itself that this is who I am and what I stand for. Man, that's badass. I love it. So, brother, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. Ready to do that? Sure. Hey, business owners, check this out. If you've been in business for about three to five years, somewhere in that range, give or take a few, and you're currently doing some sort of advertising, whether it's on Facebook, in the newspaper, cable TV, radio, billboards, or even in the yellow pages. Yes, I have the yellow pages right here. People still do advertise in yellow, yellow pages. And I'm here to tell you, I see these advertisements all the time and they're throwing money away. You may be throwing money away in those ads. Guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but on top of me being the most awesome podcast host of this amazing Men of Abundance podcast, I'm also a very skilled and brilliant business and life strategist. I have an e-learning system with literally millions of dollars 
of marketing and strategies already done for you. You just have to model those. I am partnered with over 100 business coaches that are experts in many different industries. That makes me very confident that I can help you in your business, regardless of what industry you're in. I can help you not only generate more leads, but actually convert those leads into paying customers and repeat customers. I can show you business strategies that will increase your revenue and your profits in a matter of months. But all that aside, I need your help. I'm in the process of writing another edition of my current book. My current book is No BS Business Breakthrough, How to Double Your Lead Conversions and Triple Your Revenue in Less Than 45 Minutes. And in that book, I have the top eight strategies of over 100 strategies that I use throughout the course of the year. But those top eight strategies are the ones that I find I use with most business models right up front. And what I need is a couple more case studies from industries that I have not currently worked with in various areas of the United States. So here's what I want to do. I would like to do a 45-minute business breakthrough session with you going over my process using some of your input from your industry, from your business, so that I can measure that up and see how my strategies would impact businesses in your industry. And instead of charging you my normal fee for doing this business audit and this business breakthrough session, what I would like to do is use your data with your permission in my next book and any articles that I may write leading up to the book. I can add your feedback with your name, your business name, or anonymously. It's totally up to you. But the mention in the book or the article would certainly give you some free publicity. And in return for your time and professional feedback, you will certainly walk away from this business breakthrough session with strategies that you can implement that day. And on top of that, I will give you 30 days access to my e-learning platform where you will have access to the first four videos of the 52-week series complete with workbooks as well as the first four weeks of the e-class done for you marketing email campaigns I'm telling you guys the first 30 days in the e-learning system will definitely increase your revenue and profits within your business as long as you implement just one of the strategies that I'm going to share with you within the 45-minute business breakthrough session or even just one of the strategies that's inside the e-learning platform. So if you're willing to help me out with your professional feedback on how my systems will impact businesses in your industry, then go to menofabundance.com forward slash help Wally, W-A-L-L-Y. Menofabundance.com forward slash help Wally is where you can schedule your 45-minute business breakthrough session with me and as soon as that session is done, you'll be able to implement the strategies we talk about. And I'll give you instant access, 30-day access, no credit card needed, nothing like that, to the e-learning platform. I look forward to talking with you, and I look forward to impacting your business somehow. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that Men of Abundance can take today. Well, so it works like this. There's really four things that you got to focus on every day. If we're going to focus, we might as well figure out, focus on what? And most of us have a hard time determining what those things that we should focus on. Therefore, we stay distracted because we don't know. We don't have the outline for life. And one of my first mentors taught me this. And at the time, I didn't understand it to the depths that I understand it today. And if this is your first time to hear something like this or this, you won't, you'll be tempted from the force of average to knock the simplicity of it. But more importantly, you won't understand truly how important it is because it sounds so simple. When you talk to smart people that listen to podcasts, read magazines, blog posts, things like that, you find that we tend to overcomplicate stuff. And overcomplication leads to contemplation, and contemplation leads to not getting the things done that you need to do, right? Because the, the force of average have you dismiss it in disbelief that, oh, it's just too simple. That can't be the answer to everything. And I'm here to tell you it is. And so there's four things that I focus on every day and it keeps me in what I call the perfect day. And I'll explain this to you. So years ago, I wrote down what it would be like if I could live my perfect day. I pretty much live that today now, at least 90% of the time, and uh, maybe even a little bit better because uh, I have cooler cars now than I thought I was going to have in my perfect day. And I have a little bit bigger house now than I thought I was going to have in my perfect day. And I make a little bit more money now that I thought that I was going to have in my perfect day, but I knew what I wanted from life. 
And I wrote down how much it would cost me to make that perfect day happen. And then I did my damnedest to make sure I make that at least every day to where I can continue living that lifestyle still to this day. Well, in order to have that perfect day, I've got to stay focused on making four simple things happen every single day. That's faith, family, finance, and fitness. Now, let me explain this to you again. It's faith, family, finance, and fitness. Not necessarily in that order, but of all equal parts. So if you took a day at 100%, 25% is, you know, if you've got those four areas, it breaks down to 25% per area. But here's the thing. You're not going to be able to spend 25% of your time at work, 25% of your time on your family, 25% of your time on the fitness. Like we don't have a full 24 hours because most of us have to sleep eight to 10 hours. So what you've got to do is you've got to be efficient with the time and be focused with that time. Because for me, I feel like when I work uh, one day, I get done in eight hours, what most people can't do in 48 hours. And it's because I'm extremely focused. So first thing when I wake up, eyelids open, I say five things out loud that I'm grateful for. Next thing I do, turn on my phone, read my core values. You can have them printed out next year or whatever. But at this point, I haven't even got out of the bed yet. I got about 13 core values. I read them every single morning out loud to myself. Then I get up, go drink some water, protein shake, go to the gym. So the first thing that I've done, let me break this down for you, is I've worked on faith. You see, oftentimes we try to put faith in an exterior resource like God or whatever you believe in. And the truth is we need to have faith in ourselves because if we don't believe we can achieve the things that we want in life and we don't operate from a state of gratitude, because most of us operate from a state of anger and a state of scarcity, which is anger is really a symptom of scarcity. And so what happens is most of us operate from that world and we never get what we want because we don't think we can have it because we're we're not grateful for where we're at and we're scared that we'll never get there. So you've got to change your mind so you can change your thinking and your direction and get that gratitude first thing in the morning to increase the faith in yourself. The second thing I do is I go work on my fitness. I get up, I drink this little mixture of like lemon and lemon juice and water and pink Himalayan salt. It's it's supposedly it's really good for you. It seems like it works really well. And a protein shake. Then I go to the gym. I have a personal trainer because while I'm there, I want to make sure I'm focused in the gym. This guy, you know, he kicks my ass, man, but my body's in the greatest shape it's ever been in because of it. Then from there, it's off to work. I'm at work from 10 to 6 every day, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And while I'm there, I have a calendar telling me exactly what I need to be doing at all times. Like just like I showed up at this appointment right on time, I live and die by a calendar. So when I'm done with work, I leave my phone in the office. Most nights, nobody's perfect, but I leave my phone in the office and then I spend time with my family. Last night, my wife went out for drinks and dinner with some of her girlfriends, the local moms from the private school our kids go to. And so I, I hung out with my two kids. We played. It wasn't me sitting around on the computer or the iPhone while the the you know kids ran around the house. I played with them. We had a good time. The two or three hours that we spent together was like a whole day to them, right? And that's what I say by making the most of that time. Uh, my wife and I, we go... We go out on a date at least once a week, a nice date too, not some bullshit. Usually we spend a few hundred bucks going out and having a good time together because we, even though we're married, we should still be dating. A lot of people don't focus on their significant other, which is a part of the family because they think, oh, now she's my wife. You know, I just sit around on the couch and she brings me food. That's not how it works. Now she's your wife. You still got to date her and you you still have to show each you just got to have a good time together we went to an escape room a couple weeks ago we usually go to a night steak dinner <clears throat> and it doesn't have to be an extravagant date each time but there needs to be no kids it needs to, you open the door for you have a great night you pay the bill there's no bitching and arguing most of the time there's no social media and each night when i come home my kids go to sleep about seven so if i'm home by six then you know i play with the kids for about an hour to an hour and a half and then when they're asleep, I hang out with my wife for another hour to hour and a half. Then we go to sleep and I've gotten my time in across the board, right? Faith, family, finance, and fitness. I put my finance in at work. I've worked on the faith in myself first thing in the morning, my fitness first thing in the morning, my job for the majority of the day, and my family for what's left of the day. And I make each one of those things count. When I'm in the gym, I'm not walking around checking my phone. I'm in there with a personal trainer get my ass kicked. When I'm, you know, working on my declarations and, and what I'm grateful for, man, I'm not just sitting around going, well, and uh, dude, I'm spitting them out. I'm being thankful for them. I'm feeling that. I'm getting the spirit. I'm not just saying it. I'm doing it. When I'm with my family, man, I, I'm, I'm doing my best to make sure that I'm in the room with them. You know, when I'm with my wife on date night, I make sure that she knows I'm, I'm listening to her, which she knows that any other time I'm horrible at doing. <laughs> so <laughs> I make sure that it, that it counts. And, and because of that, here's what's up at the end of the day. 
every day an alarm goes off at 7 p.m. on my phone that says daily wins. And so I go back and I look at what I did in the gym and I write down that like if I broke a record or if I had a hell of a workout or if I beat a time or whatever the case, I write it down, daily win. If I made some sales, right, really good phone calls that were on my calendar during the time when I was work, I write it down. If I felt good about myself and confidence, I write that down as a win. If I had a good time with my kids and enjoyed that, I write that down as a win. Every time I'm having a bad day where I feel like a loser, I got like 400 freaking pages of where I've written down things that I've won every day. It's easy to remind myself that I'm a winner. I call that the savings account, right? Because when you're feeling bad, you go and you look how many, how much you win. It'll change your mindset and save your ass. And, and so, you know, every day I follow that live and die. And I have for over a year now. And I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I don't have the same friends I had a year ago. I don't even live in the same house I had a year ago. My business is insanely larger than it was a year ago. My reach is insanely larger than it was a year ago, all because I got focused on the right areas. Man, that is deep. And uh, it, it leads right into the next question. It actually answers the next question I usually ask, which is what are a few rituals that, that make the biggest impact in your life? But you just laid them all out there. And guys, listen, you've heard this before. These rituals that Ryan just mentioned, many other very high performers in their own right and their own industry have the very, very similar rituals. In fact, men of abundance, my tagline is living a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. There's no mistake there. There's a reason for that. And quite frankly, it works and it just makes perfect sense. So thanks for sharing that, Ryan. Well, you already mentioned one book earlier um, in our conversation, but what would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? You know, uh, I've read a lot of good books and recently I've been reading really long books and, uh, like David Goggins book. And I usually listen to him on audible. So that can't hurt me by David Goggins is like 13 hours. I just finished the snowball, which is uh, the biography of Warren Buffett, man, that guy is like the I mean, he's, he's a hustler, you know, and he's like the, the true story from hustler to the world's richest man. That's a, a great story. And, uh, the laws of human nature by Robert green, which is a fairly new book is, is pretty badass too. Those are what I've read recently that have really, uh, uh, that have really changed things for me right now. And, uh, that I've gotten the most from. So I recommend those. So, uh, the snowball about Warren Buffett, um, the the laws of human nature by Robert Greene and can't hurt me by David Goggins. Wonderful, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm I'm real big on audio books as well. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Uh, their excuses and lack of focus, and it really is that simple. They they've told themselves some reason why they don't deserve what they want, and uh, and because of that, they're not focused on it. it. It really is that simple. We can accomplish anything. We see poor immigrants from you know, shithole countries come over here and become millionaires, right? With no training and no education in their homeland. Like I got buddies from countries that you're not like, I've got a dude right now that's 14 years old from South Africa. That's doing six figures a month online, 14 years old in South Africa, a really rough country where you're on the wrong side of the fence right now over there. They will kill you. And he's just like balling out of control on the internet. He's not even have to go to school. You know, and, but, but yet there's plenty of people that were born here in America with middle-class parents that decided to do nothing with their life until it was too late, but it's never really too late unless it's over. You know, there's, uh, what is it? Warren Buffett didn't become a, a, a billionaire until he was in his fifties. I believe it was in his uh, mid thirties when he finally became a millionaire. You know, we think a lot of one of the things we're conditioned is when you get 40 years old, life's over. No, it's not, man. People are living to be like 200 years old right now, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the people that are alive right now might still be alive the next century. We don't know where modern medicine is going at. So the best thing you can do is start today. I, I remember this in 2011 or 12 when I registered hardcorecloser.com and I started writing. I looked at other uh, online blogs like SEO Moz and some of the other things. And I was like, man, these guys have a ton of content, but the only difference is they just been doing it longer than me. And here we go. You know, you get all the way to 2000 and almost 2019 and you look and you see that I've got 1100 articles that I've written on hardcore closer plus the good men project Forbes, helping to pose entrepreneur Inc. Dude, you, you listed, I'm on it, 10 books, everything else. Dude, now those other people are going, shit, how do we keep up with Stuman? But it didn't happen overnight. It happened one article at a time, one book at a time, one page at a time, one chapter at a time. 
Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, guys, change your story, change your life. I mean, that's just sums it all up right there. So what does you've already mentioned it quite a bit. You're living in you're living your amazing life. You're living your best life. But what does living a life of abundance mean to you? You know, I lived a life of scarcity for a long time. And uh, in that life of scarcity, I was always worried I was going to lose everything. And a life of abundance isn't necessarily that you have everything in the world. It's that you a have access to whatever you need and you don't worry about losing stuff. Oftentimes we think of world abundance as like having everything that we could possible want, possibly want. But I think abundant is a, a mindset that says it's impossible for me to lose. It's impossible for me to lose. I used to get so mad when clients would drop out of our programs, even though it didn't have shit to do with me. And even though it wasn't a judgment against me, I would just be like, dude, this person's going back on their word. They signed a contract, you know, and, and I would think what a what a what a disintegrous person to be able to do that. But now I'm like, because I, I had the scarcity mindset that I'm losing the money in the client. Now I'm like, you know, it's good for them. You know, maybe it wasn't a fit for them. And I definitely don't want to push them into something that's not a fit, but I'm not losing anything they're losing. I'm still winning. I'm still going to go now. I get to help somebody else win and re- replace them with somebody else. And, and I can't lose. I write down my daily wins. I never write down my daily losses, but I because I can't lose. That's all I am is focused on winning. So there's that, that abundant mindset just knowing that whatever you do, you're going to win at it. Sometimes you don't win as big as you want, but there's always a, a victory in every battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a muscle and you're working a muscle there, a very pop, very important muscle. And it's, it truly is all a mindset. So brother, we're going to close this up, man. Excellent conversation. I greatly appreciate the wisdom bombs that you dropped. But before we, before I let you go, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Uh, check out the video over at forceofaverage.com. You guys really get a lot from that video and uh, it'll help you kind of change your mind about how you look at the world. So go to forceofaverage.com. Excellent. Yeah, I'll, I'll have that linked up in the show notes. I'll have your website linked up in the show notes. Everything else we talked about linked up over there. So, guys, make sure you go there, check that out. Just type Ryan in the search bar and you'll the episode will pop right up. Brian, go out, live your life of abundance. Keep paying it forward, man. You're making a huge difference. I really dig what you have going on, man. Appreciate it, man. I really do. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, guys, so if you have ever been kicked down before, you currently feel like you've been kicked in the gut and you're down on your knees, then it's time to pick yourself back up. You might feel like it's too late in your life to start doing what it is that you want to do, to start making the difference that you want to make in your life and in others, but it's never too late. Remember, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. And at some point in the future, that tree will bear fruit, just like you. At some point, your actions that you take today are going to bear fruit and are going to benefit somebody in this world and thus make the world a better place than it was when you got here. And that's in part what this abundance journey is all about. So go out, live your life of abundance, and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance. Abundance.